was weeping while the song was sung. Because that song was sung on my initial sermon. So God has been ordering my step in the ministry for a long time. And he's been ordering my step in life since a child. So I have many things to thank God for. Do you have anything to thank God for this morning? Thank God for just waking you up this morning. Thank God for just starting you on your way. Give God the glory, for he's worthy to be praised. Good morning, Shallow. I greet you joyfully in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is such a great privilege and honor to share a word from the Lord today. I give honor to the shepherd of this house, Dr. Benjamin Keith Watts, senior pastor. And I give honor to our first lady, Lady Cynthia Watts. To you, my shallow New London family, and to you, my friends of shallow, God loves you, and so do I. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day for you have made. Thank you for giving us this time to hear a word from you. I pray that it falls on fertile ground, God, and it takes root in God and it, it bears fruit, Lord. I pray souls will be saved and chains will be broken, God. Lord, I now so submit myself to you, Lord, for you are my all in all, God. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, God, be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray, and let's all say, amen. The scripture comes from Nehemiah. Nehemiah 2, 15 through 18, and chapter 8, verse 10. Amen. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. An official did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste as its gates are burned with fire? Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may longer, we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work, Nehemiah 8.10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat Drink the sweet and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Did you hear me say, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. May be seated in the presence of the Lord. My topic today is rise up and build, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy comes in many forms. Many people confuse happiness with joy, which is fleeting. 
for many people, joy is part of your, your five senses. If you can see it, smell it, touch it, and it brings pleasure to you, that's joy to you. But what I am talking about is God's unspeakable joy. In Isaiah 16, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in the, my God. Why? For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, praise the Lord, and he has clothed me with his righteousness. So the children of Israel, they knew this unspeakable joy, this joy that gave them strength to go through every trial and tribulation that they went through, all the captivity. They knew the joy, the deep joy in their soul, the joy that no matter what you're going through, no matter whether you're sad or not, the joy you know that the Lord is on your side. So it doesn't matter whether you're going to a funeral, it doesn't matter if you're hospital, it doesn't matter if you're crying, it doesn't matter if you lost your joy, joy of the Lord because he is your righteousness. He is your salvation. That goes on no matter what is happening in your life. So we want to remember that when we're going through that we should remember that the Lord joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we don't have to sorrow. We don't have to mourn. God's strength is within us. So therefore we can rise up. We can rise up. We can rise up. We can rise up and build, no matter what situation we're in, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So we have the story in, in Nehemiah. The children of Israel in the book of Nehemiah were under Babylonian captivity. This was their second exile. Israel is God's chosen people. God's covenant with Israel, also known as the Mosaic Covenant, is based on God's promises to Abraham. Children of Israel were under captivity. But just like past captivities, God sent a person. Can you say, Lord, send me? God sends a person to be his instrument for delivering Israel, this second captivity. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nehemiah, he is special because God chose him. We too must get into our spirit and our heart that God has chosen us for such a time as this. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah, he answered that call. God, there's a need for you to once again deliver your people, Israel. I'm a humble cupbearer. I'm a cupbearer for my oppressor, Artesia, the Persian king. Lord, here I am. Send me. So my first point is rise up and build with unfettered compassion. I had to use a word that, you know, how bishop uses big words, right? So unfettered compassion is more than just compassion. Unfettered means that it is uninhibited, that it is not, 
does not have any bounds. That when you have a compassion in your heart and God tells you to do, you won't give excuses. You'll do it because God told you. You won't let your own thing get in the way. Hallelujah. Unfair to passion. Compassion is a form of empathy and care with the desire for alleviation. So compassion is actually an action word. A desire for the alleviation of one's suffering. Why unfeathered compassion? Because it's unrestrained. Why unfeathered compassion? Because God calls for us to do so. The seed of compassion is precious. First, it has to be planted in your spirit, has to be watered, has to be fed, and then it must bear fruit. That kind of passion that Jesus has for his people. Hallelujah. To heal the sick. Hallelujah. Matthew 20, 34 says, so Jesus had compassion, and he touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Compassion, action, healing. Hallelujah. Point A under one is the Inquisition. Nehemiah, he was uninhibited by compassion. He asked the question. I asked him about the conditions among the Jews. Some brothers had come down and from Judah, and he asked them what was going on with his Jewish brothers and sisters who had, ex who had survived the exile. And they said to him, things are in ruin. But he had an inquiring mind. Inquiring mind wants to know. Sometimes we do not care if it's a first, second, or third hand knowledge when we inquire, right? We want to know what happened to so-and-so um, yesterday. What, why, 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 are they, why did they move out of their house? Hallelujah. Why, why did they lose their, their job? Why did I see them crying in church uh, today? Nehemiah, he did not inquire to hear it and then gossip about it. He did not inquire to hear it and then twist it into lies. He did not inquire to hear it and then sit on it and do nothing. Also, he did not inquire to hear it and just pray about it. You know, the mass shootings that have been going around in America now is devastating, purely evil. But many families, you may have seen the signs that many families are demanding, they are tired of people saying, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Because these people who are saying, my thoughts and prayer are with you, they do not plan to take action on gun control. They do not plan to take action on excessive police brutality. They do not plan to take action of anything. They just want a, a media spot just to people to see them that they are in the midst doing this trial. So we as Christians, we always say my thoughts and prayers are with you, but we need to put actions to our prayers. Hallelujah. Compassion is action. That's pretty good. I didn't write that down. Compassion is action. Hallelujah. 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 The next thing that uh, Nehemiah did, we point 1B is the in intersection. He prayed. For the answer was not good. The walls were broken. The gates were burned down. These are the people of his father. So he has compassion on them. So he did not like the answers. 
The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and they are in reproach. The wall of Jerusalem need to be rebuilt. So he wept, he sat down and he wept. And so he prayed to the Lord. He asked God to be attentive to his prayer. He made confession to the Lord. He, he talked about the sins of Israel. He talked about God have mercy on us. He said, Lord, make me successful today. So I, I get what I want from the king. Now remember, he's a cupbearer in the king's palace. The king pressure his oppressor. He's praying to the Lord in advance for the oppressor to have mercy in the sight of the Lord on behalf of himself. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> Hallelujah. The issue is that when God tells you, you to go, you must go. No matter what you think about the situation. When God tells you to go, you must go. So he was a cupbearer. Some of us have jobs that we are not even proud of it. Some of us live in houses that we're not proud of. Some of us drive cars that we are not proud of. Us wear clothes, not even proud of ourselves. Can't even look in the mirror and say, I am wonderful and beautifully made. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we should know that God created us. And no matter what your profession is, you should be, do the best you can in that profession. Martin Luther King, he said that he was talking about a sweep, a person who sweep the streets. And he said, sweet streets like Handel and Beethoven composed music. Sweet streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweet streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, there lived a great street sweeper, that's hard to say, street sweeper, who swept his job well. Stop belittling your state in life. Stop belittling your state in life if you are a child of the king. Hallelujah. There used to be a long time ago, they had a, if you complained, they had a rubber band on their hand, so every time you complained, you would pop the rubber band. You, you, you remember that? You should put one on this week. Every time you belittle yourself, just pop it until you get tired of popping yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Part C on the one is, I think this may have to be a part two because I'm not sure I'm going to finish. But part C is the interaction. So Nehemiah, he answered God's call. He prayed. You might as well sing the song, I Don't Mind Waiting, because we're four months later before God. He interceded on behalf of the people for four months before he saw the answer to his prayer. How long do you pray? One minute, two minutes, five days, ten days. Lord, I'm going to give up. It's been too long. It must not, it, it, that must have been the fleece. You didn't answer me in 10 days, so I must go on to the next one. Hallelujah. Four months later, had come and gone. But on this particular day, Nehemiah was before the king, and he was sad. Now, when you're before the king, you have to be happy and joyful. You can't be a cupbearer for the king to give him wine and, and give him food and be depressed. 
You have to be happy among the king. So he went before the king, Nehemiah, and the king said, what's wrong with you? You are sad. And, and, and Nehemiah didn't want to answer him because you know if you someone asks a question, sometimes it feels like it's a trick question, right? Sometimes you're like, why are they asking me this question? And you want to give an answer so that you can keep your job. You want to keep get your answer so that you won't be in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Nehemiah did something that I absolutely hate. The king said, why are you sad? He posed a question to a question. He posed a question to, to a question. And he wanted to know, why shouldn't I be sad? My people are hurting. And so Nehemiah, so we got two questions. We don't have the answer. He haven't made a request yet. So the king said, what is your request? Sometimes people are waiting to bless you, and they're just waiting for you to ask the question. And you don't ask, it's like, oh, Lord, this person don't even know that they asked me the question. I'm just going to bless them anyway. So he said, what is your ask? And Nehemiah said, send me to be, rebuild the wall. The oppressor is sending Nehemiah to rebuild the wall for the children of Israel who are in captivity. That is a miracle in itself, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So Nehemiah, not only did the king send him to rebuild the wall, but the king gave him supplies. He gave him wood. He gave him a letter so that when he traveled through the land that he wouldn't have to fear people in the other lands. So he had favor not only to go, but he gave him extra, in your case, he gave you a bonus and he gave you a promotion. Hallelujah. So Nehemiah went. Over 850 miles is recorded. The first three days, he did nothing. He rested. After a long journey, he rested. And then he went about God's business. How many of you don't take time to rest? Let's raise your hand. I'll raise mine. I'll raise the left and the right. Hallelujah. So my second point is rise up and build and with unity within the community. It could be a song, unity within the community. Okay. So when he got to the children of Israel, he decided to take a few men. He take a few men with him because he decided that the first thing he would do is to have an inspection of the land. So he made preparation for the building with a few good men, and he came to Jerusalem, and after three days he arose in the night. What did he do in those three days before he arose in the night? He relaxed. Some scholars believe that because journey was so long that he had to take time to relax, not only to relax, but maybe to, to show up his home you must take time to renew, renew your body. Presented a, a living sacrifice, holy 
and acceptable unto God. Why that, why at night? Why should you do things at night that are pleasing to the Lord? So your enemies won't see you. They're already busy lurking. So he went at night and he inspected the walls and he inspected the ruins of the gate and he, he wondered what walls are broken. Which one should we repair? Do you ever wonder in your life what walls are ruined in your life? What walls are down? What areas of your life lay in ruin? What area of your life am I not using God's hedge of protection for? What areas in my life are exposed? What gates in my life has been burned down? What has, what has freedom to access to my life to come and go as it please? Think about it. Anything in your life that is not like God or, or the absence of things that are like God should lead to inspection. The inspection led to declaration. After Nehemiah had inspected the wall and inspected the gates, he called the people together. He told them what he saw. He, he said, I saw distress. I, I saw uh, the ruin. Have you ever looked around this church and said, what you see? Do you see the, anything that you need to put your hand to work with? Or do, when you see it, do you go and say, you know, they need. You know, I have a lot of things I don't like. Now that I'm up here. Because I'm not perfect, right? So I do not like children of God saying they, the church, need to do without realizing that the church is the people. So when you put that rubber band around your hand, every time you say, they need to do, you need to pop yourself and remind yourself that you are the church and I, I need to do. I need to be about the business of building up the kingdom of God where I am. Hallelujah. There may be some ruins. There may be some things that need to be fixed. I may have been president of this club for 10 years and I need to move. Hallelujah. Things may need to change. Hallelujah. 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 Rise up and build in unity with community. He did the inspection and then he did the declaration telling them what he saw. And then there was motivation. So you know what to do. And you say, Bishop, yeah, here I am, send me. But there's a difference between saying you're gonna do it and do it. On my job right now, we went through years of learning about change. We all agreed that change was good, that you had to change to progress in life, to move, and then we decided with the management team that I'm on, we decided that we are going to change for the betterment. We had compassion on everyone in our firm and we decided to change so to make the processes better. And you know what? That change which was good on paper did not look good to them in action. So I'm warning you right now, when Bishop comes 
back. He's not just coming back with the old way. He's coming back with a, a new way. And so what I want you to do this morning is to prepare yourself this morning. I don't want you to say that Bishop, you was out relaxing, praying, and so we were just out relaxing too. We weren't doing anything. Bishop, we knew we had the foresight to know God. We had the foresight to know from God that you was before the Lord with compassion, God. We know, Lord, that you, God, were preparing him, Lord. So, God, we, your people, while he was being prepared, God, we decided to prepare ourselves to God. We decided to look in God, to expect to God. We decided, God, to declare to God. We decided, God, that our motivation, God, is not just what we see, God, but it's in our action alone. We need to stop. We should stop trying to get motivation from external things. We should even stop trying to get motivation from our internal will, that willpower. I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to run a mile. I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to read the Bible. Our motivation comes because we are just like the Israel people, we are in covenant with God. God is our God, and we are his people. That is our motivation. If we do nothing, the darkness that you see right now in the world, January 6th, shooting, Russia, war, it's going to heighten. If we have our light and we put it under a bushel, so we have to be motivated that we are in the kingdom building, that we're gonna rise up and build, that this kingdom business is serious, that souls are being lost because we have compassion and sitting on it. So we must rise up and build. Hallelujah. My third point is rise up and build amidst unrelenting challenges. You, you're going to have enemies, or I should say you do have enemies. Israel had many en enemies. He spewed out fiery darks to them. They made fun of the Jews when they were building. They called them names, said they were weak. They made mockery of their work. They insulted them. They discouraged the workers. They planned to stir up trouble so the building would stop. They made plans against Jerusalem. Verbal attacks, physical attacks, internal attacks. Are you ready, church, for rising up and build? Are you ready to put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the Shield of faith, having your feet prepared with the gospel of peace, having the helmet of salvation, having the sword of the spirit, being washed with all perseverance. When, the, when, the, when his enemies came against him, he prayed again. Nehemiah was a praying man. Hallelujah. We have to be a, a, praying, a praying church. So when the enemies came, they, they were laying bricks, Putting up gates with one hand 
and they had their sword, in a physical sword for them, in their right hand. So when we go about our work, when Bishop comes back and he tells us what thus says the Lord, we're going to have our hands to the plow. And we're going to have the other hand to the gospel of peace. Are you with me, church? When he calls, we're going to answer hallelujah. The fourth and last point is rise up and build for we shallow we understand our covenant so I said as bishop is obedient to the Lord during this season let us not be idols let us renew our sprints let us rise up and prepare to build prepare your hearts and mind to rebuild, rebuild that which has been compromised you need to look around in your own life and see what has been compromised. You need to look around in the church, in the community, and see what has been compromised and be ready to build. There may be some things that does not even exist now. We may even have to build anew, build afresh with that fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost that may be birthed with the power of the Holy Ghost. After inspection of everything, from mission, everything, from mission to ministry, after the declaration, some things need rebuilding. Some things need to be rebuilt from the ground up. Some things need to be rerooted and replanted. Some things may need to be uprooted, and we may even have to plant new seeds. Our motivation, our covenant relationship with God. God said, here I am. Or we say, God, here I am, use us. Shallow, that each one of us get ready and stay ready. Let us collectively as a community get ready and stay ready. Let's demolish the 8 to 20 rule when 20% 20 20 of the people do 80% of the work. We're going to give God a 100-100 rule where 100% of the people do 100% of the, of the work. You really need to put this in your heart that if we could have a, a scoreboard. When Bishop comes back, it, he's not going to do a scoreboard, believe me. That's just me and my analytical mind. <laughs> Sorry. I would do a scoreboard. That's why I'm not the pastor. <laughs> if we had a scoreboard and we had a, if we wanted to aim for 100% participation. And you know, day one we get 10, day two we get 20, day three we get 30, day four we get 40, day five we get 50, and then we plateau 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. Do you know that shallow, if we decide as a people to be a people who are not like the norm, that 80 20 rule, do you realize the power? the impact that we have on this community. So I hope you put, when he comes back, I hope you put your mental wall up and say, I am, the num I am in the number. Hallelujah. I'm serious about this. I don't think you understand. You need to understand deep in your soul that if everyone decides to go in the way that Bishop has us to go, in fact, it's his birthday last week. We have our talents, our treasure, 
that we can give him a birthday. But I believe one of the best birthday gifts you can give him is to know that you're saved and to rise up and build and be counted. I believe even from now until he gets back, I believe that we pray in purpose in our heart that we're going to do that. I believe that his burden will be lifted even now, Lord. Hallelujah. I truly believe that God will say, God, Lord, Pastor, Bishop, I've answered your prayer. Your people are getting prepared to do the work. Whatever I am giving you, they are prepared to go forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When you come back, you're going to tell them, I've inspected the land. You're going to tell them that I declare that we need to change things. You're going to tell them that God is your motivator. And they're going to tell you, here am I. Send me. Are you ready for the call? Hallelujah. Are you ready? for the call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up and bless the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. 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 There's a song by Bashan Mitchell. The song is just called Joy. And it goes like this. Are you ready? <laughs> There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Let me see you one more time. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom, don't you
of the Shallow New London family, we invite you to join us. If you're here in the sanctuary and you want to join us, please raise your hand at, at this time. Hallelujah. And the usher will give you a form to complete. And a minister will greet you and pray with you after service. If you are online and want to become an I member, please call, email, or, or write us. We would love to hear from you. If God is tugging at your heart to be saved, if you want to have a personal relationship with God, give your life, your heart to God. Raise your hand at this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. God, we thank you for each person that's here today, in person and online, God. We thank you, God, that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever repent of their sins, believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, will have everlasting life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
God for using Shallow New London to further your kingdom here on earth. Remember, rise up and build, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We're ready to close, church. We're ready to leave this place but not God's presence. Then give God a praise just one more time, God. We thank you for your presence, God, for your anointing falling afresh on us, dear God. God, we're ready. We're not going to lay out of God. We're ready, Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to rise up and build. For you are our joy. I will give you the benediction, the blessing. I pray you receive it with, with gladness. Please stand. At the end of service, please allow the ushers to, to, to lead you out of, out of service. Hallelujah. The benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his kindness upon you. May the love of God give you peace this day and forevermore. Go in peace. Shalom. Thank you.